Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside, just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place roll those blades up and then it's a click and another click on the other side it's completely set in will not prematurely deploy will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I am your host, Jeff Vance. Uh, we are here at the very last shoot of HJ USA uh, Mission 23 here in Custer, Wisconsin. It's been a, a summer. It really has been. We've had a lot of good things happen. Starting way back in March, like my life has in, intertwined with the, the trunk hills throughout the entire summer. Like from starting from way back when we went and met up in, in well, you guys are practically married, so it's like we're, we're only we're only a year we're only literally a year away from it. So it's okay. Everyone calls so, me Trunk Hill anyway, so it's, you good. Might, it's like you might as well just get used to it. Now the best part is is that ours pretty much our year started back in March at the the Iowa Deer Classic. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that just that was like fun? It's like you you started off this year doing really really well. It's like you you did this was your first indoor was it your first indoor shoot? In March? I don't know if it was my first indoor shoot, like, but well, that like, was like my a, first competition-ish shoot. Oh, there we go. That's I knew it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like first actual competitive. Yeah, and I didn't shoot. I didn't even know it was a competition shoot until a friend Adam was like, "Hey, you're on the top spot." Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was fun. Then, then you had the, the, the misfortune of dry firing your bow. Yeah. Uh, during the R100 in, in Sparta, on Friday, 48th target, I almost drew, drew, uh, dry fired my bow. Oh, man, I was so exhausted. So I was so exhausted. Yeah, dry firing your bow is not fun, especially when it's a brand new bow. But, yeah, luckily I didn't do that at the R100 where I still had a lot more to go. So Definitely. So And, you, and your R100 was just fantastic you you placed you were, were you a top shooter or were you first place overall i was first place the north american side i was second by two points and the, the african safari side i was first nice and then overall i was the top female shooter for the open classic yeah open unlimited yeah. oh for yeah so what are the what are the what's the criteria for open and unlimited for, that's at the Iowa Classic, right? Uh, that was R one hundred. Okay. Oh, oh, never mind. All right. So yeah, I was I was open unlimited too as well because with stabilizers. And yeah, and it's the farthest sight, long bars, mm-hmm. the farthest away lenses. Yeah. I think the biggest distinguisher was lenses because adjustable sights can be bow hunter class there, I believe. But yeah, it's it is the use too. of lenses that puts you in the open class. Now, did you guys you guys went to TAC this year, didn't you? Again, we did. We went yes. to the Michigan TAC. So tell me about that, because I have not done it yet, but I did my first Beast Mode Archer game, and I've heard it's it's challenging nonetheless. But what's it like? The TAC is very challenging, and at times it can be grueling. I mean, you're hiking up and down the mountain, you're shooting eighty plus yards at times. The paper likes to say sixty yards and under, but really. It's not depending yeah. on depending on what. So anybody that doesn't know, the tack is it's like one very large bow shoot with multiple courses. So I think normally it travels around the U.S. to different locations, but 
normally it's five or six different courses that you can shoot. Um, normally two a day, you register for the first one in the morning with basically like a tee time. You sign up for your time to start, ride a ski lift, at least for us here around, you know, Michigan or whatever. Um, I think most of them have a ski yeah, lift Yeah, most too. of them are on ski resort type places. Yeah, that's so, what I know, especially the ones on Utah. So either, yeah, either ride a ski lift to the top and shoot your way down or zigzag down the mountain kind of uh, or up again sometimes depending on the course or hop on a bus or some sort of hayride and ride to a, one of the other parts of the facility and shoot a course um, and then you can normally get back on the afternoon after like 1 p.m. you can go to any range you want it's an open free-for-all at that point oh so um, usually the morning is the most uh, morning is yeah. always a registration time um, which it's pretty well organized though you know and then the afternoon is you can shoot again if you want if not you know and you can sign up for as many days to two to three days depending on where the event is What's so the, you get like a okay. band, like you get at a water park or a theme park or something like yeah, that. Yeah, security clearance and it will, band. It yeah. will say your, essentially like your tee time, like people who golf. Yeah. But they call it a knock time and you put it on your bow and the people at the bottom of the ski lift check the time on that to make sure it's the right time that they can be sending you up the mountain to go shoot. Mm-hmm. So it's very structured. So what's the price tag on that for, for a duo to go shoot? I think it changes from course to course depending on uh, what they offer. Yeah, I think it depends on the the facility because I I I'm just assuming like it's percentage based. So like whatever it costs them to rent the facility for the weekend or whatever, and then they they figure out you know we can get 600 shooters a day or or whatever. It's more than that, but a thousand shooters a day. So then they I think they break down the price by you know what do they need to break even at a minimum and then make some profit off it because obviously it's a for it's a business, profit yeah. business um, which is awesome you know good for them um, and then if so you want an earlier time you have yeah, to pay a little or bit yeah more. you can if you want it one of those first early times it costs more um, but it's it's smartly done that's great for them for making money I'm not trying to make it sound like it's bad for them making money, but they they it's structured based on I'm, I'm assuming how much they have to pay to rent a facility because if you look See the registrations; they're they're different costs at different places. Yeah, so so, so we'll just use the Michigan for an example. What was um, the price tag on that? I believe it was sixty. It was sixty, but then we had to pay an extra five or ten to get the seven a.m. Yeah, knock time. Yeah, because we wanted to get on early, so we had enough time to grab something to eat and get back on right away in the afternoon. Um, I don't remember if it was fifty per person plus another ten dollars, or it was sixty. It was, but it, for being able to shoot two courses in a day that were guaranteed twenty targets or whatever it was, twenty-five. Um, they had you know, a short minute just because of the space. This one, yeah. but normally I think it was twenty-five. Normally and it's they... twenty-five, I believe, for targets on a course. So if you think about it, it's average of any other local bow shoot for you doing know, twenty-five targets. Twenty-five targets yeah. is. 10 to 15 dollars where this is you know but you paying for the experience too you know and you correct get, it's not in a, a normal, normal archery shoot, shoot like you're you know, not hiking anything. up and down the mountain and doing yeah, all these this crazy 80 plus <laughs> yard shoots yeah it's it's definitely different because they they don't have you don't follow a, a trail through the woods like a lot of our local clubs are you know they have a established path where you you know walk to a point shoot down a lane go get your arrow come back or you know um, where this is, you follow an engineer tape through the woods and you're making your own path. So if you're on that early knock time on, on Friday when they open, 
Thursday. Your, or Thursday. Yeah, sorry, it's a Thursday. Um, you're literally making your own path through the woods. They're, no, you're right. Friday, sorry. It's whatever. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So okay. yeah, you're the first one on the course. Like, there's, you know, the course team that sets it up is, we talked to the one kid. There's like two kids that set this up, or at least some of the, so there's been two other people through this course. And if you're on one of those first knock times, you're, you know, in the first 10 people to blaze a trail up and down the ski hill, you know, and. It's not easy training. It's I not, mean, no, they don't make it easy on your body um, <laughs> or your shooting ability. But there's there's a lot of targets where they're, you have one window to shoot through uh, or you can't even see the whole target. You can see like the head and the backside and there's a bush in front of the vitals and you just, you have to trust your equipment and put your pin, you know, where you would normally shoot if you could see a full target, put your pin there and trust that, you know, your arrow trajectory is going to arc over that bush or somehow miraculously bend around a tree it's wild especially like, if you're short because there was plenty of times where i could not see the target i saw the head and i saw the butt and i was like tyson what do i do he goes just put your target where you know the vitals will be and i shot it and my arrow just magically dropped right where it needed to be arcs over a bush <laughs> and disappears and you can hear it hit the target so you know it didn't miss and he's the one that had a hard time with it because his his arrows don't do that. Shoot much flatter, so you're skimming the top of a bush, or you know, barely missing hitting a tree to to you know put a decent shot on a target. But I mean, we kind of kept score, but we also went into it like we'd do it just for fun. So it was you know let's keep track of hit or miss. If you hit it, a lot of those targets are. If you hit it, you know that's that's the best you can do is putting an arrow in foam. Like Chris says, foam is home. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of the times they block the vitals on the targets. Yeah, so they're you're just guessing yeah, and wow. hoping and praying it's for wild. the best. It's definitely pretty difficult. I can I could see that being uh, a uh, a challenge with it. Now, when it comes to so, so you, you do so how many courses were set up at, at the Michigan one? Six. Six. Okay. So man, they really go all out and put all this stuff together. Then so yeah. when they're yeah. blazing, when you guys are the first ones blazing the trail, then so even so you are you, when you're looking for these targets, do you, are they clearly marked at least so we can at least know no. where they're set up? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, really? They're co- like they're color coordinated. So the first one we went on had like pink flags throughout, and yeah. typically the cones showed you like the direction of the target. Okay. But even yeah, so then, it was sometimes guessing where you, it was. You get to a course. We'll say like the knock-on course. Uh, John Dudley. Yeah, is yeah. The first course that we shot um, this year. Um, so you ride to the top, there's a sign that says knock on course, start here. And like, if you look at their information stuff online, it'll show there's a, ma- there's a course map, like you can pull up on your phone and actually follow yourself along. Um, and then, but it'll say, you know, online it'll say, if you're on the knock on course, follow the, the pink engineer tape. So pink plastic ribbon, basically. But then you, you go to the first one, it'll, there'll be like a road cone, basically okay. a road construction cone or whatever. It'll have a number one point on it, and the number that you can so you stand behind it, you can see the number, and that points in the general direction of your target. And then you're still <laughs> scanning up or down a hillside or in the tree line down below, and you don't know the distance, so it's not a known distance. So you have to use your range finders to, or just flat out guess. Which I don't know how anybody estimates it. Anything over 60, 70 yards is a wild guess. Yeah, you no know? kidding. And it's up or downhill very few of the shots are you know straight across or if they even if they are straight across it's you know there's a 
you're standing dip, on a hill. You know, and there's then... a dip that throws off your perception in between. So, you know, you're thinking it's farther. It's only 40 yards across or 50 yards across, but the, it dips downhill 20 yards and back up 20 yards. And it just throws off your whole, you know, flat land mental game for sure. So uh, it's just wild. Like, And then you'll be down in a hill or down in a valley and, and the target will be up the hill, but it's just a tiny little target. Yeah, shooting uphill. The one that really stands out, there's we have a really cool picture of our whole group is down. Um, and it's basically like a bowl shape. And I came walking along behind. I, I was fixing a sight tape or peeing or something. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I was behind the rest of the group, and there, we had eight of us. I was in, yeah, so yeah. there's nine total. Um, and we were split in two groups, but we, we caught up to each other at that one location. Um, so they're all standing down this bowl and I was up on the side of the bowl and I took a picture. They're all standing in a row looking at this javelina that was 68 yards or something across yeah. the bowl and uphill. And like, but I had a, just a good camera view where I could see everybody and then still get the javelina and the picture up. And it looks like it's a mile. It was only 65 yards, but just your depth perception in the surroundings I was like, man, that thing's like, what, 82, 83 yards or like 68? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then Kayla was actually shooting, and I had a point where she shoots those zombie slayers arrows, so like really yeah. bright, they're crested and yellow on the back. And I actually yes. took a picture of her arrow. It was about mid-flight, and you can barely pick it out. If you know what you're looking and look at the previous picture, yes, you can actually pick out her arrow mid-flight. No kidding. Between mm -hmm. the targets. Awesome. It's, it's a super cool picture. I'm like, you can't see the detail in the arrow, but if you look, flip between the previous picture and that one you can actually distinguish it from the vegetation that it's screaming past so very cool but so, so at an event like this how many arrows did you both bring we both brought two dozen, two dozen arrows really yeah and, and, and how many did you guys come home with i lost two because i just completely overshot the target but i didn't break any yeah. i was the only one to not break any Lucky you. How about uh, you? I think, I don't think I lost any, but, but I broke, broke like four. Yeah, I, that happened to me. I started with, uh, so I went to the Beast Mode Archery Games, and, and what this is, is it's similar to Attack. It's a similar concept, but it's like they have the they have the start times. They have three different courses and such. What makes, and what it makes it different is that it actually has a groove path and so like, because the way they have it at Mount um, Harab, it was they needed to actually cut the everything down. I think the, the the people that made the course had fun grooming it and such. And each one was fourteen targets apiece. And yeah, nothing was. I think the average shot was sixty one yards. And I started with six arrows and I came home with one. But a lot of them I, I would hit the rod, or I'd hit a tree or or a rock, and it just it just just destroy itself like that. But I came home with one. And it was a lot of fun, and I really it definitely put me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And they do it all three days, and it's like you can you can shoot all three courses in literally a, a couple hours. It's not a big deal, but it's uh, one of the first course is is the front course essentially, and what that is is that it will or the first, it's called actually the first course, and it is fourteen targets and it's six thousand elevation. You start at the bottom and you work your way all the way up the top <laughs> and you got steep hills like this and you have the same thing too and it's yeah. and it's like you shooting uphill sixty yards and it's like but then you have that those weeds going back and forth and if it's windy it'll definitely mess up mm -hmm. your your uh, 
your just perception of where it's at, stuff like that. And also, we I've seen guys that the wind that enough of them would strike it just enough to send their barrel off course. And yeah, the price tag is right around the same, right around the same thing there too. And they they have the ski lodge there, so you have your ability to go and eat some of that vortex there and, and a yeah. few other ones first form. And uh, Jeremy Toxin from the Toxin app, he's gonna. I invited him along. He had no idea what to expect. I've been training for this event since May, yeah, and I've been posting stuff regarding Brian and how evil he is when it comes to <laughs> stuff like this. And I literally kicked his ass the whole entire thing because it's like he did not know that he would have to go through. It. He lost. Well, he shoots those big old fat twenty threes, and uh, yeah, he was not happy by the time we finished the rest yeah. of the course because he was very. Uh, Frustrated with himself because he thought he could do better and such, and then also the the housing, everything was shifted off, and it, he had a rough day for it. I take yeah. that back. I lost one arrow, that damn monkey up the hill. <laughs> I shot under it, like right under it, and it skinned the belly. And the dirt on the hillside, because it's not normally touched vegetation, so it's loose dirt, and I it buried in the dirt, and we we weren't digging it back out. I have no idea where it went. But I I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised with the black eagle zombie slayers. Tyson told me to use them because they were brightly colored and they wouldn't wouldn't be hard to find if I overshot, undershot, all that fun stuff. But I went with them and I came back with all but the two I had and I was hitting trees left and right and they were just bouncing back. One of the last targets we had, there was a Ram 70, 80, something. 79 yards. 79 yards. Oh, wow. in my well, she site, doesn't have a 79-yard pin at I the time. Don't. Oh, I don't. I think my top was 72, 73 that I could use without hitting my sight. And I overshot it, and it bounced back like 15 yards and landed on top of a fern and did not break. Yeah, behind this target, wow. we're shooting uphill. So And we had time. There was nobody coming up behind us. The, our other half of the group was coming up behind us, but we had plenty of space. And so we're just trying to figure out you know what she needed to do to hit at this distance and it was the last yeah it was the last target on one of the courses that we did and she overshot barely the next one so we i just told her to take a step back like one step backwards was all it took and then she overshot again and it hit a right behind the target like five yards behind the target there's a big log laying there and it was hard still so it was a pretty fresh fall and her arrow literally bounced bounced the five yards back to the target and another 10 yards back down the hill and it was just laying there on top of a bush we walked right up and it was still there still good then she took one more step back and drilled a like right in the vitals so just playing around you know distances yeah but yeah it was it and was there was wild. another target that just had a bunch of arrows up in the tree, and I hit the tree, and it just it flew. Yeah, it didn't break, off and, and we went and picked it up and kept going. I didn't have mm-hmm. that same story. It was it was it was, <laughs> I was I was it was a seventy yard seventy eight yard shot at a and it, and it, it was straight it was like not just straight down, but it, it kind of just had this nice like ten percent grade, and it sits down in there, and all you're seeing is like half of it's covered by a tree at eighty yards. So all you're seeing half of the tree, and it's like you're just trying to hopefully, and it's. If you're not, if you're not, if, depending on where you're at, if you're sitting inside the box that is set up at, if you don't get it just right at the tree, you're, you're always going to the tree. Yeah, I, yeah. I donated an arrow. I donated an arrow to that one. It's uh, like there was by time by the end of the day, I think uh, Johnny Dove he probably pulled out oh, at least a dozen, over a dozen arrows, maybe two, close to two dozen arrows yeah, out of that there, tree. There yeah. was a lot of arrows in this one there tree. Is, 
just the only other one that really sticks out in my mind. There's a lot of hard shots, but this this other one they had a nice little water stop you could refill your water bottles, and literally the target shooting point was two feet to the side of this little water stand, and you could only see the target and barely see the target at all. It was uphill like 45 yards. So it wasn't a super long shot, but it was pretty steep uphill. And you could only see the target from standing on one particular spot. If you took a foot either direction, you couldn't see it. I couldn't even see it because it and was covered. If you go forward, there's too much vegetation. And I think you could take about a half a step backwards and still see it. And other than that, and even if you went more than half a step backwards, you were actually like going back down the hill off the road. We were shooting from on top of a road and it dropped off pretty steep. So you like sit your butt on this one point on the ground. And then, so we all shot it. I don't think anybody lost an arrow, but you know, it was a hard hit. Like you hit, that was one of those ones that it was, if you hit the target, you were just blessed at that point. <laughs> so then we, we went and pulled our arrows and we got up there and there was so much vegetation and stuff around us. So we couldn't even tell. We actually shot through the V of a tree, but you couldn't see the tree at all. And it was only 10 yards short of the target. Mm-hmm. And it was completely just out of your sight completely. It was wild. So then, and then, so then we went and pulled our arrows in the group that shot behind us. You know, we obviously didn't yell back down the hill. I'm like, hey, you know, there's a tree here. So we all pulled our arrows and moved on to the next target. It was only like 30 yards farther down to the side. And all of a sudden you hear this bang, 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 you know, and they're all shooting and they all hit that tree because they shot, you know, it was literally you were shooting through a one foot wide window. You want to bring the mic shot. closer to you? Oh, sorry. Shooting through a one foot wide window and they shot either to the left or right and just pure carnage. I think there was four guys in that group and at least three of the four, if not all four, hit the tree that you couldn't see. Nobody knew it was there. It was wild. And Brian, all his evilness, it's like this was there was one shot on the front course that it was only like 36 yards. Really, it's not a very long shot. But the thing was, is like if you were too tall, the way your arrow would arc, it would actually send it into one of the limbs that were go, going over there. And you could see just like four or five arrows peppered in there. Or then if you if you were too tall, or if you were and if you're too short, well then you had a potential hitting another branch. So you had a very, very small window, probably less than a yard of a shot. So I what I ended up having to do is I ended up backing up where I knew I could be able to get the arc and knelt down on a log and I managed to hit foam. It was one of those like please tell me I hit it. And Jeremy hit it, and his arrow just whoop, just gone. He just lost it. Yeah, there, there was times that, that being short and shooting 50 pounds had its advantages, but other times it, there was a big disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. Not being able to shoot a max range with your bow or, you know, on your sight tapes is a big disadvantage for Kayla and, you know, any other female that shoots an adjustable sight. If you don't have the poundage to even hit that match, max yard without hitting your, you know, your arrows on your sight housing – it's a big hindrance for sure. So now, do you have a? Are you are you working up to get to like a sixty pound or seventy pound? Yeah, so I'm actually up to fifty five pounds right now on my FLX and hoping to be at sixty pounds for next year's tack. But we'll see because I hurt my shoulder last year during the archery season, and there's at times it still bothers me. So we'll see. I gotcha. Yeah. Understandable. Have you tried looking at maybe doing an acupuncturist? No, I do. Unless you're not afraid. Well, you have tattoos, so you're not afraid of needles. Yeah, no, I have ta- plenty of tattoos. <laughs> uh, no, I do. I have a chiropractor right now that kind of helps, but 
I yeah. need more time in my life to do anything else. Yeah, you are literally because you just you started to do job as a kindergartner mm. this year and like you kindergarten not, kindergarten teacher. <laughs> not, <laughs> kindergarten. Yes, yes, you are correct. Kindergarten teacher. So tell us about your first week. Uh, talk about talk about tell us about Hell Week. <laughs> it actually hasn't been Hell Week at all. It's actually been good. I'm in a really good school district. I have a great class. I have a great support team behind me. Um, yeah. I can't complain about how my this year has been so far. That's I, awesome. Yeah. How many kids do you get to work with? Huh? I have 18 in my class this year. So it's That's a, a nice small size. It that is. is. That is a that is a that is a joy to have a, a smaller class size like that. It is and it's been I have a great like I said I have a great group of kids. They're all great and still miss nap time though. Wish we had nap time in kindergarten, but we're doing great. Because your previous position was with pre-K? No, I was in first grade. First grade, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, does first grade actually have nap time? Or no, no. Oh, man. no. Yeah, we don't do nap time in school anymore. Oh, man, I remember those back in the day when I actually haven't been able to do that and have a uh, nap time at, at school. Nowadays, and it's like they're getting everybody rocking, re- getting ready. It's like, well, hey, guess what? When you graduate high school, this is what it likes to work an eight-hour day. Yeah, well, in preschool, they had naps or they were able to do naps because they had just a couple days a week. So I had a few of my kiddos come up to me. Miss Rose, when do we get to take our nap? Uh, sorry, no naps this year. Oh, man. Because they were, well, obviously they're all coming from pre-K, so they were yeah. all excited about that. You know, that would be nice to be able to do it. You, you know, in, in Japan, they actually encourage taking naps because it shows dedication. Hmm. Yeah, they, they actually encourage it. That's uh, well. It, it kind of explains why they're we're moving to Japan. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. No, but it's been a good week. But we're just just trying to get back into the swing of girls' sports. I mean, we haven't been in the shop much this week at all because we're running girls this way and that way. And back to school hell week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest is now running uh, high school cross country, which is amazing. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. She had first meet was on Thursday and she killed it like as a freshman far exceeded. I mean, she's always been a a talented runner in seventh and eighth grade cross country and track, but like far exceeded our expectations of where she would be at this early in the season in high school. So we're very pleased with how that's going. Then the youngest two are in soccer. So yeah, yeah, we got kids running everywhere <laughs> you literally got running everywhere we do so do, do they both go they all three go to school in Den, denver yep yes. they all three go to the same school that makes one elementary easier. one middle school one high school um pretty cool though we got a brand new middle school high school building this year so the oldest two didn't actually start class um they did an orientation on friday for the new building orientation and monday yeah so but they were days, opposite times yeah so in two days they start their first day of middle school and high school, and the youngest one had already started on Thursday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty great, great school district. Um, just amazing faculty and facilities and sports teams. And I think it was last year our, our elementary was like number one in the state out of really? all elementaries for That's performance pretty impressive. wise. Yeah, so we're pretty fortunate where we ended up at. For them to be in school and availability for jobs for us and able yeah, because you got a new job too. Yeah, last November I switched. I switched from the ethanol industry to a major industrial commercial pump 
manufacturer. So um, I do inventory things, which is counting parts and accounting for where stuff goes missing uh, and fixing, fixing other people's mistakes or whatever, manufacturing errors where, okay. you know, work orders don't get done or something happens and we, we go missing parts or something breaks and they don't account for a, a part missing. So, yeah, it's paperwork, but it's fun. I get to tool around the machine shop and not do any physical manual labor. I get to just count parts and talk to people that know about what we do with them. So, well, at least at least your math skills are on point now. No, they're eh. not. <laughs> no. No. You'd think they would be, but I can count and add with a calculator, and that's about it. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I figured when I was doing worked at a factory where we had to count part or, uh, pieces that we got done manufacturing. So got pretty good at doing math really quickly in your head. Yeah, doing uh, all that fun stuff, man. You know. So we get to, we get, so early this summer. Leash and I made a decision after we got done shooting at Antlers Archers because we figured out her bow was too short for Sophia and. Alicia and I made a game plan. Like we came down, we picked the weekend in mid July. We came down to your bow shop, and you helped Sophia with her very first bow, and she's she's pretty proud of it. Yeah, know? it's exciting to see how excited she is about shooting and how much she wants to shoot, and how she just she has this name for her bow, and she gets so excited, and it's fun to see. Yeah, she was wearing her quiver all day long. She did not want to take it off. No, and then this rain stopped everyone from yeah, shooting. The, the rain did not help. No, it, it made things frustrating for this weekend. But, you know, we powered through it, and those who were able to get here at 7 o'clock in the morning was able to get in, get, get all through, but we weren't able to. But the scramble's still fun, though. I mean, I was shooting all weird. Then I was the only guy that actually, I, I pulled a Jake and shot the wrong target. <laughs> it was my first scramble this weekend. Yeah. Oh, really? I mm -hmm. thought you shot it at one, one, one this mm. previous this year. Nope, last year was my first you ever want to get daggers shot at you, just tell Kayla she's shooting a scramble when she doesn't want to, and it will <laughs> almost be the, the end of your life. No, Chad and Mike have been trying to talk me into doing a scramble since last year, and then Avery decided she didn't get to shoot because of the rain, so she wanted to yeah. shoot, but she didn't want to do the scramble by herself. So she talked me into doing the scramble, and... We ended up on the same team. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yep. thanks, Chris. And yeah, she did great for her first scramble and first for a yeah. I mean, she doesn't for shoot very often. A kid that doesn't shoot maybe once a month, considering we own an archery shop and she hangs around us and whatever. She she rarely shoots her bow, but she she actually is pretty naturally talented at it. I think the last time she uh, shot her bow was the R100. Yeah. So oh, wow. That was, that was back in May. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, she has access to unlimited archery goods and a 70-yard range in our yard, and she shoots once a month and does pretty well at it. So you That's wave some dollar bills in her face, and she miraculously gets better at it, too. It's weird. <laughs> so. Her and I were both sighting in our bows before the yep. scramble because I changed my sight. I got the new HHJ Tetra Rise. Rise. Yep. Nice. So we, yeah, we changed her from a uh, Tetra Max TE uh, for her target bow, at least, to the Tetra Rise TE. Um, Hoping for more yardage. Bar, um, just so we can have that second sight pin option to get her some extra range for when we go to the tax. She, you know, 
get another 10, 15 yards out of her sight by having that second sight pin option. So we're super excited about that. And when she can still shoot 50 pounds and gain uh, a little bit more yardage out of it. So, yeah. That's perfect. That yeah, so today well. was an adventure. I was sighting in my bow. Didn't have my stabilizer. Didn't have my lens, but had my um, we had a whole clarifier. folly of mistakes. I ended up with all my stuff. It's weird. My stuff all made it here. <laughs> we actually yeah. had, we got new uh, Pelican. I saw those big, cases. The Pelican Air, whatever number they are, big bow cases that are super nice because we, we just had a hodgepodge of cases. And as much as we travel along with kids and dogs and throwing stuff in and out and bringing back dust off project stuff, and we decided to go, both of us, to a hard case route just to protect our bows more than anything. But... Um, all of her stuff from her old case may not have made it to her new case. He was just Whoops. afraid I was going to kick his butt today. Oh, yeah? That yeah. would yeah. surprise, surprise me. Subliminally, I sabotaged. sabotaged. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. So, so how do you like those Pelican cases? Uh, they're nice. For just We literally got them last week and didn't even really have time. Uh, Friday, Friday morning, I was getting ready to go to work. I had to get Avery to Friday morning cross-country practice at 6 o'clock in the morning. 5.45, I was in the shop in the morning throwing stuff in my case from my old case to my new case while Avery's sitting there watching me. I'm looking through Kayla's to make sure at least she had a release, I'm like tearing the shop apart looking for that, not knowing it was already in there. Um, but, yeah, I literally I didn't put any of the new accessory bags and stuff that come with it inside where they hang in there. I, I threw my bow in there. I threw all my other stuff in there. If you open it up, there was just all the stuff that comes with the case was just laying in there on top of my bow and wherever I could get everything in there. But um, we actually set them up today. The rain advantage of the rain is I had some time to actually dig through there and set some stuff up in them, and they're nice. There's I like that they're not super bulky. Like no, we can still put them in the expedition and there's still plenty of room well that's good they have yeah. wheels they're not super heavy like my old my old case it was so heavy to carry i could yeah, barely it carry a, it her old case is nice too but yeah the wheels are convenient there's handles on three of the four sides i guess you know around the edge uh, multiple locks are tsa approved pelican if you're listening shout yeah. out us shout out <laughs> shout out <laughs> to pelican yeah and uh, <laughs> I get but it. yeah, so they're super nice. Uh, a friend of mine had one, and he actually showed me his first, and I, I immediately went, I need to have one of those. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're plenty of room. I mean, I shoot a, what is that, 34-inch axle, axle, yeah. my perfection. No, 36? Yeah, 36. And, it, you know, so overall length is probably close to 40 inches, and there's still room on each end. Um, for our HHA sites, we both run that dovetail. We can actually just slide the site housing all the way in on the dovetail and tighten it back down and there's still room you know front to back in the case so very cool um, without having to fully take your sight off all the time now like we had to do with our old stuff um, but yeah they're super convenient um, there's looks, lots of room in them too yeah and it's yeah, nice that's what I you, noticed when you had yours you guys is open yeah we could so I put my binoculars case in there plus my you know our arrow tubes um, strapped to the inside lid plus um, both our quivers, everything fits inside, so you're not carrying extra. As long as you remember to put everything in it to begin with, <laughs> yeah. you can get all your stuff in there, plus room. Yeah, um, I know that feeling. I, I've been working on mine throughout the week. Yeah, 
Yeah, so super impressed. We just didn't have any time. We said that we were going to sight in my bow. We were going to sight in my hunting bow because neither of my bows are sighted in. We were going to set up our cases. Nothing. Yeah. Between so did you transition your, your TE, your Tetra TE, to your hunting setup then? No. no. Okay. That, that may have made its way to one of my <laughs> other bows. Yeah, just, he just takes It's weird how stuff. stuff just shows up for her, and then I get old stuff for other stuff that I get. But, um, no, we actually changed hers. Uh, she was running a sword multi-pin sight, um, Twilight Hunter, Whitetail Hunter, one of the two. Um, very nice sword sight that we, we sell quite a few of those through the shop. You know, um, the downside with being good friends with Chris is we are reluctant to shoot other people's sites even though but I mean, that's why well, i went to a good home because i yeah. went to parker who yep. was so, a kid that cool got, story behind yeah. that one but yeah. Yeah. so we we're just with her first year and trying to figure out you know how to get her into a tree stand and something comfortable and not having to worry about a dial on a site um so we we, we went that sword because we know rod i know him okay-ish that owns sword sites and really great guy marine marine veteran um makes a great product but we decided to switch her to an HHA this year um, just so if she needed a backup bow for something else like this, we would still have the ability to dial her into exact yardage. And um, yeah, so we made the change earlier this summer and just never got her hunting bow back out, just time constraints. And yeah, I got, meant to so get it out So now I got about weekend. 30 days to get her ready for hunting season, but it's, it's not a huge change as far because she's been running a HHA of one sort or another on her target bow all summer and Correct. late last year in the winter through the winter season indoor stuff for us. So it's, it's just getting that out there and dialed in, which is literally a 15 minute process if we actually sit down and nail it down quick. So yeah, it really, the, the HHA no. sites are very easy to quick to dial in. So I'd recognize that I, I'm going to, upgrade uh, my 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 frankenstein side on my expedition and throw on a rice on it and then i was talking to my partner today todd and he actually has two brand new dead center uh one's a 28 or 30 inch and then he also has a a 12 inch back bar with weights over 300 value nice. 200 bucks nice yeah, so I was looking. Yeah. At, I was I was looking at uh, my 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 bank and some of my money because this is a, so I'm like, all right, I'm I'm good to go. I have the money to be able to afford it. So it's pretty. It's I'm looking forward to it and to having getting those put on there. I, I messaged him today, so we're gonna we're gonna get all set up because I want to get that taken care of and ready to rock and roll. But I recently upgraded to Lakewood case, and this was kind of like my anniversary gift because we I needed one because I have two really nice bows now. So. And especially all the work we put into them, it's like I need I need a nice case. But boy, I got that Lakewood case, and I got the, I went with the forty six inches because like why not? It's yeah, like, it's, it's like nice. I never know what I'm gonna like yeah. replace my elite with another expedition, probably like thirty six axle axe or something like that. Yeah. So who knows what's gonna happen with that? But uh, yeah, it's able. It's really nice to be able to fit everything in. It's like I'm able to put both my bows, all my stabilizers, my quiver, uh, my extra extra arrows too as well, mm-hmm. along with. Uh, toolkit so it's like it's just amazing to put all put all in there now i'm looking forward once when hunting season comes in I'll, ha- I'll be able to take my expedition out and it'll be strictly hunting so now, like the other half will just be nothing but clothes makes things so much easier yeah and yeah. The, the way the lid opens up because now everything's like right there so I that was thinking drop down design is super nice it is it, it doesn't it is. take up a ton of like that's yeah the 
not complain about our new cases, but yeah, the flipping them up. And if you have a bunch of stuff on the lid, I notice they rock back if your bow's not in there. But yeah, it's that Lakewood design is super neat. And they've been around for a while, uh, probably 10, 15 years that I can really? remember. Well, yeah. they've been around for a hot minute. Yeah. yeah, they got they got yeah. crossbow cases, gun cases, stuff like that. And uh, I was talking to Doc, and he said that I can. Uh, he was he put in a, re a letter of recommendation. He picked it by the pro staff, and so in October I'm gonna, nice. I'm gonna apply, and hopefully they'll pick me up and go from there. Yep, that's what. So my me and my always thinking of better ideas. I picked up a. It's a similar design, the top drop in style. Um, it's a Plano brand actually, but it's a semi semi soft sided it's soft side it's cloth ish but it it's really rigid too and i put i wanted to get that and was thinking that'd be a cool like backpack style design like trying to figure out how to get backpack straps onto it so if you're if you're the type that's gonna you know jump on an e-bike or a fat tire bike and ride in you have you know it's not a hard case, so, but, but it, you know, it's still light and durable where you could throw it on your back and hike in or ride a bike in and still have your bow on your back and a little bit of extra room for, so I don't know, I'm still playing with that, but, uh, well, I know insight makes a, a backpack case where it actually, so it opens up like a book and then it, you put your, your bow on the back of it, strap in, click, yep. click it in. Then you also, I have, um, uh, Field and stream backpack where it has a mountain bracket on the top, mountain bracket on the bottom, yeah. and fits the cams on it. So, so I, there's options out there. Um, so, but you're, you you're donated at, some to the dust off project too, and I used to, the bow bat thing. Oh no, the, the, um, the gear plan, the gear plan, game yeah. plan, game, game plan, plan gear yeah, guys. Yeah. Yep, they made the bow bat thing that was kind of like that. I thought that was pretty cool. They was, that was, was for a I sleeper, still have right? one of those. Um, and then yeah, they're even their. Then they were similar to those bow cases too. That they weren't, but yeah. So, but this is I don't know. Just it's rigid though. It's not like a backpack or you know because there's a bunch of hiking packs where you can get the accessory to strap a bow to the outside of it, but it's not fully protected or you know like a gun, same type of oh, thing. Oh, so but, you're actually looking for a full enclosure? Then yeah, from... yeah. This is a full. It zips like the Lakewood around the top, but it's and it's only one bow wide, but it's and it's not incredibly big and mention but i'm just something i'm trying to think of to get to work but other than that it's a good case on its own yeah but yeah there's lots of cool st even stuff that wasn't even around 10 15 years ago all the new industry-wide just everybody's thinking of lighter faster stronger type things and it's interesting to see i think bow wise i think we're kind of maxed out for the minute of other than changing materials, what bows are made of, like we've kind of hit the pinnacle of speed, dependability, uh, you know, smoothness. You know, everybody makes something not similar, but you know, you could go to go find what you want out of any of the bow manufacturers. But I think all the the new technology wise and the new whoop de doos are going to come in the accessory field. You know, make yeah. it make it easier to shoot and comfort to as well. Yeah, comfort. Well, most of us know that I, I rock the bow spider and I rock the bow hitch, and then those have been game changers. Like that, that bow spider is very, very comfortable. That bow hitch is very nice. I like, I like the bow hitch for when I, when it comes down to whitetail season, especially if I'm coming into something where you know it's already pre-set up. Because then it's like I was telling uh, Doc and Seth today, it's like yeah, I can walk in with an arrow knocked and have my release in my release holder from 
advancing outdoor technologies and, and be able to knock and draw back within a matter of seconds as long as I just practice that and don't forget to put an arrow in there and be all right. You know, we, and, uh, I picked up a jacked gear sling. Um, I've had uh, sling a link. No, that's jacked. Um, yeah, a couple different sling designs, you know, yeah. just, just a bare sling, and I like them all. Uh, it's weird. And I, I always want to try new stuff, and it's nice having Kayla around because I'm sponsored by some different companies, but it, she can test out some of the stuff that goes against my normal sponsored type things too. Oh, and yeah, that makes so we sense. Get, it's cool, though. We get two different perspectives because I, I shoot for killing sticks, arrows, and I have for a long time, but Black Eagle's always caught my eye, so I'm like, here, Kayla, you're going to shoot Black Eagle. So Black Eagle, if you're listening, shout out to you guys. <laughs> um, she's totally rocking your stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah, so it's it's neat that I have the ability to test stuff out through her and vice versa, and we work together to see what works good for one of us. And it doesn't always isn't always the case. What works well for me doesn't always work well for her, And but it's cool to find out that and do that stuff together. Well, and we both have different likes and dislikes. Like when it comes to broadheads, I'm dead set on the yeah, annihilators annihilator, and fixed blade and i like shooting big mechanicals yeah. so i like big gaping holes so but yeah the annihil i shot the annihilators two years ago when they first came out and absolutely loved them and they're perfect for hair setup you know small cut cut on contact you know she shoots a for what she shoots she shoots a very heavy arrow um and they've they've we've proven that they work well firsthand experience so and it's cool, though, because the customers will come in and be like, oh, I want to shoot a mechanical. Okay, well, let me tell you about the mechanicals that I shoot, you know, and here's some other options that I've shot in the past. Or if they're like, hey, we want a fixed blade. Oh, Kayla shoots these fixed blades. You know, Austin, that works in the shop for us, he shoots Magnus. Um, his wife shoots. The Annihilators. Well, she's going to shoot Annihilators this year. But, like, she did last between year the four of us and a couple yeah. other good friends that shoot from the shop, we we tend to carry the stuff that we know works because we we have firsthand experience with almost everything that's Makes on sense. our shelves. Or, you know? or like, or you have people that per, can provide a record of you know, like I yep. like everybody knows I shoot VIP and and it's yep. like I talked to yeah, and Matt's just big he, mechanicals. Yeah, they're big mechanicals. Cool. And he last year he dropped four new ones. And he's he's got a couple more up his sleeves. Yep. And, he, and he's I've he's been, he's I've been he's, shooting he's VIPs a, for a few years too for turkey season. I normally use those yeah, for. Do you, have you seen the, the guillotine X and the guillotine? He sent me a, he I sent me a pair. Those he sent me one of one's 150 grains, one's 150 175 grains. But what he did this time is he offset the blades, and the blades will bend. So let's say if you happen to kick something or hit something, it's the, the it actually has the blade has flex. Hmm. Nice. So this way, then it can bounce off. Because when he originally designed the guillotine, it was if you put a bad shot on, like let's say you hit it in the in the wing, it's going to bounce off. Well, this is actually designed to penetrate and cut. That's cool. See, I like the annihilators because I can shoot them just like I shoot my um, field points. Field yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't have a lot of a lot of spare time. I mean, when I do have my spare time, it's helping him in the shop or running it's the not, girls around. Obviously, it's not sighting in our bows. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of spare time, so it's nice putting on the annihilators knowing they're going to shoot just like my field points do. Yeah, I didn't have to recite anything in last year. That's what I like about with, with my VIPs because yeah. I had the same experience same. with that too. Mm -hmm. That's why I shoot a lot of... I shoot Grim Reapers. I've shot... Grim Reapers are nice too. I've shot those for NAP, a period of time. Spitfires... Um, I, I shot a B3 Meg. Those are super cool. Um, but I, I like that, that fullback three-blade design, that the NAPs, the, the Spitfire, or, yeah, the Spitfire, sorry. 
um, the Hell, the Grim Reaper, Whitetail Specials, and those B3 Megs, they're all very similar design, and I tend to oh, flock towards vicious. that. Absolutely yeah, when you're vicious. getting, you know, two and a half inch cut or bigger, you know, that's wild. But yeah, um, but yeah, the, the cool part, we tested Annihilators on Herbo, two of mine, two of Austin's, two of Amanda's, and somebody else's, and every single bow is different different poundage different draw lengths um and every single one of those that we tried out flew exactly like the field point we had zero change on six or seven different bows uh from field point to the annihilator head oh, so that's, that's beautiful and, and they got me my first deer i know so. that's not the Definitely. case yeah, for everybody yeah. with them i i know there's people that had to make changes but whatever we were doing for our setups was right on so yeah definitely Okay, I gotcha. No worries. So we're yeah, uh, that is a, that is a good action point. So uh, we got we got this very last one here. So what do you think? Like how you, how have, how has the these last several months like really impacted you and your perception and everything? What's going on with HHA USA and what's all been going on? I don't know. I'm just very thankful for everything that's kind of happened this year, archery related. I mean, HHA is a great organization. Chris is an incredible human being for everything he does. And this year, we've just been very blessed. I mean, we've had opportunities given to us through Expedition, through HHA, and several other things that we wouldn't have necessarily gotten had we not been in the archery world. I mean, our Expedition took a huge risk put, risk with me, put me on the pro staff from someone who's never shot before, in documenting my journey, HHA has been incredible. They've been, I don't know, I just don't have w really the words to put into how great this year has been. I mean, next year Chris is marrying us, which. Yeah, which is huge. It is huge. And, uh, I mean. We already got, we already put it in, our, in my calendar too, to make sure I don't schedule any podcast or any hunting season. Uh, that we'll just do the podcast at the wedding. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Sit down after seven. So how'd your wedding go? Oh, it was yeah. great. It was great. You were there. But yeah, I don't exactly. know. Yeah. Today's been kind of a bittersweet day because my first shoot was an HHA shoot. And it just seems like every time I go to an HHA shoot, I get more comfortable with my archery skills I come out of my shell a little bit more. Like I never saw myself doing a scramble. I never saw myself shooting in front of a bunch of people. And now I can just go and just fling arrows left and right at these events and not care. People come up to me like, hey, how are you shooting today? I mean, Chad, love Chad to death. He goes, why aren't you shooting the scramble a couple couple weeks shoots ago? And I'm like, I don't know. He goes, we all know you're good enough, so just get out there. Yeah, yeah. And now he's not here. He missed yeah, it. He, he missed my first round. Him and his boy both. Yeah, yeah him and his boy yeah. both shot antelope this morning or today. Well, that's pretty cool. So. Shot, well, I know I know Chad shot one yesterday? a couple days ago, and then, uh, then his boy shot one. I know Al went out with him too as well. Al Potter. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to shoot with Al the, the last one. That was a fun one. That was he was a fun yeah. to fun guy to shoot with. He knows his stuff too. He's yeah, very, he's great. Yeah, he's so much. He's yeah, such a nice guy. Like we look forward to coming up here to shoot because the clubs are so large and dynamic and. Like clubs where we're at, like we don't have indoor clubhouses like this. We have, you know, we have a clubhouse, or you know, or a local shop will put on a shoot, you know, at whatever facility they have to shoot. But like, it's raining, your shoot's done, you know, or you suffer through shooting rain. Here we come up here and 
antler archers and blackhawk here they have a huge indoor rain oh, yeah. like it's nice that saves the day you know we wouldn't have been shooting the scramble in the rain if they didn't have you know that indoor facility so it's it's cool you know but like we'd love to come up here to shoot and all that but like we come up here for the people like the yeah. hha family if you ever look at all the posts and whatever it's it's the hha family like we whatever i could leave my bow home and have just as much fun you know just hanging out and talking with everybody and all that that goes on with that and yeah it's it's neat um hha usa has definitely had a big impact on our lives personally and then you know the dust off project especially chris was like my first major sponsor i guess through the dust off project he approached me wanting to help you know knowing what we did for veterans with that and um this last this last month has been especially trying not not necessarily because we've been putting out a large number of dust off project bows, but um, Chris and I took on a extremely challenging situation case, I guess you want to call it. Um, heartbreaking. A gentleman, yes, heartbreaking would be the most accurate description of it. Um, I'm not going to name his name. I don't think he, I don't know if he'd mind, but we'll just leave his name out of it. But he approached chris um a few weeks back and just a heartbreaking story uh he his parents and one of his daughters was killed in a house fire um his this was what last november late oh, last wow. year um so less than a year ago his wife passed away from cancer or leukemia or cancer and March, um, six weeks ago, lost his son to leukemia. Oh, my word. Uh, somewhere right before that, a tornado hit his house and damaged his house severely. And his bow, this is how it all got started. His bow was damaged um, beyond repair. And he didn't have, with everything else that had already happened, he didn't have the funds to replace it. Um, so he approached Chris asking if, if he knew of anything um also a good friend of his that he was in the military with um took his own life um so he actually this gentleman actually and this other guy ran a not veterans nonprofit that took veterans hunting on different hunting trips and okay. stuff um so our new friend uh took on this other gentleman's nonprofit business to help other veterans while he's suffering with PTSD, his own service-connected PTSD, plus all this other tragedy in his life. Um, so, so then, so, sorry, there's a lot going on. I'm just trying to remember it all and put it in somewhat chronological order here. Um, another gentleman that he was with that has ties to the archery industry, um, to another bow company, um, took his life so two of his best friends that he was in the military with um also gone now and then we just he's getting ready for a elk hunt in colorado that he had booked a while ago um he's going was going next week found out his grandfather that was supposed to go with him passed away today okay so uh we just got that text late this afternoon um but yeah so and he doesn't fit the traditional dust off project 
requirements because he was already a bow shooter, you know, but, you know, he kind of fit the bill of having other financial yeah, he... burden. But I wasn't just going to take a, a used bow off the shelf and give it to him because he, he's a better shooter than, not sorry, not the downgrading, but he's not a new shooter. He needed something better, more experienced. Correct. Um, so we actually, I jumped on my Facebook pages and just, and this was before I even knew all the story and it was already pretty bad to begin with. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Hey, I got this guy doesn't fit, fit the traditional thing. I want to give him a better bow. Um, and I think in like four hours, very, maybe very short less time, that, less than four hours two uh, two and a half hours. Maybe I had raised $1,500 out of wow. friends and family mm -hmm. that were like, we want to help. Why don't you do this more? Often? I I got scolded by some people like, why don't you ask for money more often? I'm like, well, that's not what we want to do, yeah. you know, but they're like, well, we want. So I raised a bunch of money. We gave him a new expedition smoke. Yeah. I just told him, I was like, hey, here's how much money I got. This is what I have in stock. You know, and I already kind of had an idea of what he wanted. He wanted a, a faster bow. Um, and he's like smoke looks cool you got one of those in my jaw length i was like yep here you go so we got him a new smoke chris donated um sight rest uh stabilizers all from hha um we threw a bunch of stuff in there like i literally took a bow box that they you know they shipped us and put his stuff all the stuff from chris um he already had arrows, but I had guys, you know, wanted to throw in money for arrows. And I was like, he's already got that covered. His arrow survived the tornado that took his house. Um, they're like, well, how about a release? So we, we got him a new release, new quiver. Like, literally, I packed as much stuff as I could fit into a bow. I, I was literally taking stuff out of packages to put more stuff in his box. No kidding. Um, and we sent this off to him. And he didn't know what else he was getting. He just knew that Chris said he was going to hook him up with sight and all that rest and and he knew he was getting the bow from us, and he had no idea that this box was going to come packed full of stuff. Um, and then we actually, and he still needed a pack for this hunt because all his money that he had saved up for it went to paying hospital bills and yeah. you know, expenses yeah. and all for all these other family members and friends or whatever. Um, so he actually ended up, we got a Chris got a hold of a contact at Badlands and hooked him up with a super nice. I don't remember the model pack, but I was like, "Hey, you know, do not try not to tell him what he was actually gonna get." I was like, "Hey, if you know, I'm super familiar with Badlands stuff because I have several other packs. I love Correct. their gear. I'm like, go look on there, you know, and see if there's anything on there that you would like. And I'm gonna go look for something similar, you know, see, talk to my elk hunting friends and see if they got an old pack that's something similar to that and already knowing they were going to donate a pack. So he's like, yeah, I want the, I think it was the MK6. He's like, I need a large size because of their height or whatever. There's a, two different sizes in that one. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my best to find something for you. You know, and then he's like, it took a little bit longer just to get everything arranged. Um, but Chris got that done for him. And he's like, he sent me a message like every other day. Hey, I'm leaving, you know, in nine days, I need a pack. Did you find anything? Or I'm really going to have to scramble and look for something locally. And I was like, yeah, it's coming. Hold on, hold on, hold on, you know. So then finally it showed up Bring yesterday. Up. Oh, sorry. It yeah. showed up yesterday um, just in time to go on this. I don't know if he's going now because he lost his grandpa that was supposed to be going with him. But, um, but yeah, so we're trying to do as many things as we can to help him out. And just that's just a bad story. But, you know, 
it's neat seeing the archery industry and people that want to help pull together and make something like that happen. Cause I, I was like, yeah, we're going to get like five, 600 bucks, you know, and we'll get him a nice bow, but we Correct. got him exactly what he wanted. Plus, you know, and he's, he's sending me messages every other day. Like, Hey, you know, I, I really appreciate it. This is awesome. You know, you're saved my life type things. And I was like, this is just what we do. You don't need to thank me. This is why we do the dust off project. Exactly. You know? And yeah, it's, it's, you know, he's like, I didn't think there'd anybody around that would do anything like that. I'm like, this is why we do it. Exactly yeah. why we do it. You know, so that's pretty, pretty profound. Cool. That's, yeah. that's definitely a, uh, a humbling story. Like, that's pretty grateful that everybody was able to uh, to pitch in to create such an atmosphere for him because he's going through a lot. Yeah, and it's like he lost everybody that was important to him in a very very short time period, less than a year. You know, nine months and. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like he calls me, or he call or check in with me every day. Like he knows I'm on my way to work now, and he'll send me a message like, "Hey, you know, talk to you later. Just making sure you know I'm still around." And <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, so so now I got somebody checking in on me every day too, which is nice. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's the buddy system that it working at its finest right now. So it's just amazing how close the archery family really is. When I first started archery, I never knew it was going to be like this. Mm -hmm. And then Tyson introduced me to HHA, and it just really opened my eyes to what it really is. Yeah, it's, it literally is legit family. Like, I'm get to, I get to go hang out with uh, Mike and stuff like that. And he I done, love Mike. He's my favorite. Yeah, we get to, we get to go, I get to go hang out with him at, at uh, uh, Bear Camp and stuff like that. It's like, dude, I got 100 hours of PTO. I got to burn 50 of it, otherwise I lose it. <laughs> So, yeah. like I gotta, so I'm already playing with that, and then, then here in a few weeks, I'm going to sit down with Chris Ham, and we're going to be on his HJUSA podcast. And because because I, I I got to go to the uh, the banquet. Mm -hmm. Did you guys watch the the Honor Fly video? Uh, we did. Yeah, I cried. She watched it. <laughs> she was watching it on the car on the way out, so I could I could hear it, but she was watching it while we were driving, and she's sitting next to me crying. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? You know, because I couldn't see it. Yeah, trying to be yeah. a safe driver, but I could hear it and. I'm like, are you crying? No, I'm not crying. So, but yeah, but yeah, it's from what I got to sit down and actually watch it from what, but what I could tell that was going on. It was, it was a pretty amazing experience for those guys that got to go on that honor flight for Sam and Chris and then present that video. I was surprised how quick he got it done, really, you know, because it was what four weeks ago that yeah they went, went on July. Wasn't and then, very but yeah. on top of that too, those there's a, those interview scenes that they have in there, Chris. Those are just added like on Tuesday of last week. Sam it's, is super talented, and it's amazing how he can capture the yeah. stories and make them into these amazing short films clips. I'm not sure exactly what he's calling them, but he really gets the point across and. They're heart-wrenching and tough to watch, but it really gives you a glimpse of what everyone Correct. is feeling. Yeah, that, that whole scene when you got the two Vietnam buddies there, and he's talking about, I served with her. Yeah. I mean, that and just then, couldn't hold it back. No, and then the one guy was talking about how he almost ha took the bullet to the head. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough at times. Yeah, and then just to have those two lifelong friends and such, it's just quite remarkable in how that video was all put together it's the event was i had like 220 seats available for the banquet all but like two or 
And like these are two or four seats that weren't sold. That's it. We wanted to be there, but yeah. that was my well, first week of school, and then our oldest cross country meet, yeah. her first high school high meet, school cross country meet. So, and it would have been me driving up to attend, driving back, work for a day, get everything up loaded here. up, and come right back to shoot. And we told Chris, you know, once we figured out it was on a Thursday, I'm like, man, I'm not gonna be able to make it, and it sucked. Like yeah, it was like a punch in the gut. Like I well, really wanted to be there. If you guys would have made it to West Salem, we would we would we would I would have drove you uh, drove us all up there and came on back <laughs> some of that. And this is way then you're not going to be so tired and some of that. So yeah. we get we didn't get it back into town until twelve thirty that night. So but we stayed longer than we thought. We we bought we we won. She won an auction with this really pretty cutout for uh, White Tails Unlimited, and and then she also got in that that got her into a drawing for a beautiful twelve gauge. I I got this walk around. I put in put some money in to try to get a uh, a 308 or a 65 Creed more. Didn't win it, but it was like it was still pretty cool. And all the money goes back to the charity and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, there was like twenty thousand raised between everything that was going, on, if not more. I don't know the final number on that, but I know Chris was mentioning that on he was able to cut like a seventy thousand dollar check to honor yeah. flight, and that's like that's how much it costs for hundred vets to get out there and back. Yeah, Chris is a pretty incredible person. Yeah. yeah, he never. I don't know. I always think I'm super busy doing stuff, and then Chris is like, "Oh, I'm doing this and this and this and this." I'm like, I don't have time to do half the stuff that I try to get done, and he's doing twice as many things, if not more. I don't know how he squeezed our wedding into yeah. his busy life. Yeah, I, he, he scheduled it out. That's the that's the only way you really make <laughs> things work yeah. out. You have to, especially like I'm I'm busy because it's like I'm I'm talking with Appalachian Chase about actually doing c- consistent content. We got. I have this vision of doing stuff and doing everything on Zoom and then streaming it live, and then having the content up there, and then up, upping my podcast. And I'm also doing another podcast on top of that. Too. So it's like I don't have a slow time. It's like my slow time is hunting season. Yeah, and you're coming to Iowa for another podcast. So yeah, yeah, in, in two weeks. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. coming down on the ninth and stuff like that. So I wasn't quite sure how it all work out, but it sounds like the ninth is going to be the best option. So yeah. we'll we'll, get, we'll get, book our hotel and. Alicia's already already working out ways to either take PTO or work more hours. This way, she doesn't have to take PTO and force herself off. So we're, we're going to go from there. Well, so, after three thirty, I'm available. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's right because that's when you you'll be out of class, and so we still got that. It's still a two hour drive, so we even if we got out at three, we still won't be down there until five. Yeah, and we still gotta, well. The nice thing is, like, we can, we'll we'll because we'll have Sophia that weekend, so we'll grab her then shoot down sixty three, and that's it's not it's not a quick. It's only like an hour from that hour and a half jaunt, jaunt from there. And it's really easy. It's easier to go from Rochester to Denver than it is to go from lacrosse to Denver. But lacrosse to Denver is a lot prettier. Yeah. yeah. Yo, so that'll be neat because you're going from Blackhawk Archers here yeah. in, in Wisconsin to Blackhawk Archers in Iowa. Um, yeah, so that's pretty neat. Um, we're excited. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be on that one. But Kayla's excited to get that podcast. That's yeah. That's we've been be working cool, on this for over a month. Yeah. Different perspective on everything and it's uh, girl power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be neat. And the ladies that they got lined up, or she, Kayla got lined up to go on our. Yeah, my wife's going to be on the podcast too notch. as well. So yeah, so, so it's it's going to be I'm, it's going to be one of those conversations where it's like I am not going to even ask questions. Like we're going to have kind of like a a guide guidance to the whole thing, but it's like I want to talk about like social media or, or pop pop uh, um, art 
or icons or our culture, pop culture that got you into is like for him and I, we grew up with Kevin Costner's uh, <laughs> and, uh, Robin Hood, Robin Hood, and, and then, then with wolves, and then a few more late, and then a few more layers. We got Men in Tights, so it's like you, you know we we lived in a really good golden time about archery. Yeah, no, I just got thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, kind of an ultimate. There you go. It was an ultimatum for me. Either I did it, or we weren't going to be a thing. So mm-hmm. here I am, well, and I now I drag him to shoot. <laughs> discussion or argument or whatever that I've ever won with her. So it wasn't really I'll, I'll an argument. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy because it's like it's like you just kind of spend money on her. Like, yeah. Look, you can get all this fun, cool stuff. Look at all the bow stuff. It wasn't an argument when I found out I could kick his butt at it. Yeah. yeah it it was game over. Yeah, yeah. Leash, Leash has gotten really good. I mean, we're talking like 20, 30 points difference, and it's like that gap is closing, but it's like all I think is like I'm not even thinking about ego. It's like that's me on the table. It's like, I want to get her a buck, and I want to get her mounted, and I want to get her getting a doe for her too as well, and like just kind of have these memories of these experiences. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of fun just traveling around, doing the bow shoots, you know, learning i mean my story is a little i taught myself how to deer hunt i didn't grow up deer hunting i didn't grow up bow shooting i mean i was interested in it but i taught myself how to do everything that i do um but i never you know never sat in a tree stand next to somebody so like we are learning how to hunt in tandem you know with dual dual setups we don't videotape yet um but you know just learning new tactics on how to hunt with somebody you know in a deer blind or in a stand and i don't think um, we'll ever be able to videotape because you have to hold me in yeah keep yeah. her from falling out of the tree stand <laughs> when she shoots deer yeah but uh but, yeah but so it's filming is one part it's easy but it's actually doing the post-production editing all that stuff yeah, down right. and that's where it takes hours and that's where we don't have time good so thing we know it, Sam. It, almost, it almost actually be easier to partner up with uh uh cory glenhausen with tenacious hunter because in this way, then he's got, yeah, I think he's got a small crew there, but he's already got people established that do that stuff. So it's like, it'd be easier to jump on something that already has the equipment yeah. to be able to do it, but also has that dead, that free time to do it. Because two full-time professionals, bow shop, and three kids, you're, you're, there's not something that and you don't non-profit. have a free day. Yeah. And, and I don't, on a profit too. And I don't necessarily know if I, I want to have a videotape because that's kind of our time. Yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. We're so busy throughout the week between school and his job and then the shop and the girls that when we go hunting, it's kind of nice to not have service and yeah. not do anything but sit there and enjoy nature and chase pheasants until a doe comes out. <laughs> Try to shoot a pheasant when the doe's walking in oh, on the other funny. direction. But yeah, it's it's fun. We have fun together and we enjoy doing what we do and hopefully we can keep doing it for a good long while. Helping more people out and yeah, keep, uh, keep paying our electric bill in the shop, and we're good to go that way. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, the nice thing is, you, all your stuff is on social media. You can, you can find mm-hmm. you both you on there. Facebook has your your feed for um, sticks and stones. I always repost repo those art, those stories because you do a great job, and you've been kind of lacking on fun fact Fridays. But you know, oh, I know we just, we just talked about we that talked the other day. Yeah. That's what, like, I know. We I'm sorry. Done one in weeks. That's my bad. I'm yeah. the social media person in between. There's so much more that we don't do. There's like, there's a ton. I'm bad. I'll take 100% blame. There's, we've given away a ton of dust off project bows and not, it's probably been six months since we've done a ride up. Yeah. At least. There's tons of them out there. They're getting done. Guys are getting these bows. We just haven't had the time to sit down and knock out the ride ups and put that stuff online and, 
And it seems like once we got home from Disney, we got sick and then just yeah, got super just, busy with everything else. One that after the other. And fun fact, Friday kind of disappeared, but it will be back. We just got to get back into the routine of our normal school day yeah, life. Get the kids back mm-hmm. functioning, normal school things, and that actually helps us get other things done. But yeah. But the but cool thing about Facebook, though, you can actually go on and schedule those posts. And you, if you if you can if you can if you can set down and do a month's worth or two months worth of fun facts, you just schedule it, and you, you don't have to worry about. It. That's where mm. when when I do my podcast, when I do my posts, stuff like that, it's never live. I have I haven't scheduled all out. So, so when Wednesday comes, I have everything scheduled out three different times at peak times, and that's how I do it. So you can do the exact same thing. I did not know. Yeah, that. you can schedule. You can schedule through, but you have to. You can't use it on your cell phone. You have to go through the oh. the Meta Store, the, their Meta uh, thing. But it's it's real easy to figure out. I never have my. I was like, Chromebook I don't know. Last time, other than at work, I don't use a computer. Everything's done on my phone. Technology's yeah. killing me. That's that's the only downside that that they they did is like they don't they don't allow you to do it on your cell phone. You used to do it. You used to be able to do it on your cell phone. And then they took it off. So it's like they, they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out ways to keep you in the app. Good I need know. to get a new computer. I guess anybody out there listening that wants to donate a computer, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> nice one. I don't buy brand new. I, I, I there's a there's a local guy in town with orange computers, and he actually bu- builds them and rebuilds them stuff like that. So I got a desktop replacement laptop for two hundred bucks. Nice. So and it's and it's only a few years old, but it's just like the seventeen inch screen, just absolutely massive. But he has all different types. To work with them, and so it's like if you're not, if you don't, if you want a nice new machine that's kind of it's refurbished with better parts, stuff like that, and you can you can customize some stuff like that onto it too as well. So just, I mean, you, you know, you can just tell them this is my budget, and you can go from that way. So instead of, instead of dropping a thousand dollars on one, you do that, and plus it's like if you, I've been going doing business with him for like four years now. I've gone I've gone through two laptops. Like I've traded up, and then he does work for this laptop here, and so it's it's nice to have that um, that. That, um, that loyalty, like he's yeah. willing to help me out. Mm. Yeah. So there's something for you to think about. We just about. need to hire a tech person to manage our <laughs> tech stuff, I think. <laughs> Good thing you know a guy because all I do is tech stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm an IT now. I'm not a techie person. No. I'm, if I could do stuff on paper receipts and face-to-face handshakes and stuff, that's me. Life I'd, is golden. Well, thank you both for taking an hour and 15 minutes of your time to just talk about this and then tell us about that, that hard wrenching story. And then uh, also, for those who are listening, go and watch the video that mm-hmm. Sam Ubel, the, the uh, Chase Nation, put together. It's badass. It's powerful.